Hard sports are plays. Hard sports are plays. Hard sports are plays. We're making a place. We're talking the game, get you to the days. We're hiding the court, the diamond the lane. Variety topics, living the same. Authentication, sports information. In the airways, taking the nation. All sport, all plays, they're working your faces. Grace at the field, so tie the laces. All sports, all plays. What's going on, everybody? Welcome. I'm still pissed about the Cardinals game. I'm not going to lie. I haven't gotten over it yet. And you know why I haven't gotten over it? Because there was a point in this season where everybody that watches this podcast and everybody that's a Cardinals fan believes that was the absolute best team the Arizona Cardinals ever had since they came to the Valley. That's my problem. I'm not happy Cliff Kingsbury is still here. I'm not happy Steve Kime is still here. I do see a little glimmer of hope, and I want to get into that a little bit later. But first, you know what we got today? We have Suns fan Randy in the house from Stay Off My Grass podcast. And we're going to talk some Phoenix Sun stuff for a little bit. <sighs> At least we have one team. I'm excited that we got the Phoenix Suns because this might be the best Phoenix Suns team in history. And I fully believe that we are. He's on Fire Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Let's go. Unfortunately, we do have some news that we need to share regarding the future of the podcast. Our co-host Amit has decided to take on a coaching responsibility. Can you believe that? We're going to have two damn coaches on the show and he won't be able to join us on Wednesdays anymore. But that's okay because we have somebody that we're going to bring on uh, tonight. First, obviously, going to bring on my first co-host, Jay Joyce. What's going on, man? I'm doing all right. Uh, kind of a long day, but I'm excited to go into everything because we have a lot to talk about and we have a good uh, guest on. Uh, you know, Randy has really good content. Please check him out. Uh, gives good insight after every game. <laughs> Roy so, already said yeah, Coach Amit. Coach Amit <laughs> Monty. Like, he's going he's to be strict. I can already see him yelling. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, let's, isn't, let's isn't his son like six or seven years old? Do you think he's going to yeah. be the one going around with the with the drawn up plays for seven year olds in the whistle telling them to do suicides? Could you see Ahmed doing that? I totally could. Yeah, probably burpees, too. <laughs> I would love to see that. But let's Step bring time. on our guest. Suns fan Randy, what What's is going on? on? For and, and, hey, full full discourse. You need to show everybody your hat. Oh yeah, LA. Can you can y'all believe that? Can y'all believe? I mean, that? hey, I, it's it's something. It's a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Campaign. A lot of things are something. That's something else. 
Right, right. I mean, they just <laughs> love October, apparently, so I don't know. They do, but as I said in a in a pregame, you need to get yourselves the upside down. Oh LA yeah, to kill one. the hype. Yeah, yeah, I got. Yeah, I might yeah. have a couple. I, I I think I might have one. Maybe next time I'm on, I might whip it out or something like that. We Jay, that's something we should do. If we can get anybody else to actually host our podcast and we can go out and buy swag, I want to get upside down LA hats. Oh yeah, man. I'm your guy. I know the guy who actually the sells them. Yeah. <laughs> That Yo. would be awesome. <laughs> uh, even Todd's like, dude, come on. What's with the hat? I know. Don't roast him. Roast him as much as you can. As much as you can. Roast him in the chat. We'll yeah, let him yeah. know. But he does have some really great content and commentary on his podcast that he does with his brother, who is a Lakers fan. That's just an, an unfortunate family dynamic for you. I know how it is because my wife is a Cowboys fan, so I kind Ooh. of get it. Just Ooh. like John Voida, his, his, he's a Cardinals fan and his wife is a Cowboys fan and we commemorate the misery every year, and then you know they celebrate our misery the day after we lose. And I went upstairs yeah. after the podcast, Jay, and Jordan was like, "Welcome to the Losers Club." And I was like, <laughs> "Not now." Yeah, man. I grew up in LA, actually. So I grew up fighting Laker fans all day long. So it's just like you know what I'm saying. I've been doing it since I was nine years old. So it's not really nothing new to me, really anymore. But, you know what I'm saying, I definitely cannot watch Lakers. I mean, I can definitely not watch Sun games in the same house like or, like, in the same room with my brother and stuff like that because it just gets too crazy. And going to the Staples or whatever, the crypto arena, like, I just kind of stay away from it. Like, I already told myself, like, I could never watch – I could never go to a Lakers-Suns game even if they were playing in uh, Staples or whatever just because, like, I'm not going to make it out. I'm not going to make it out alive. I talk too much. They talk too much. It, it just – You've seen what happened to a uh, well, it was a Giants fan in that Dodgers. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I want to say it was like 2009, 10, 11, somewhere around there. Yeah, he, yeah, he so. Todd, don't worry, he does have one. He told us he does have one, and we're gonna make it a mandatory uh thing next time he comes on. Maybe we need to institute a dress code, Jay. Yeah, you wore an Ohio State shirt one time when I was talking about Arizona State. Now we're talking about Suns. Just, and we got just because we're going over bowl games, hat. and you know, so uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get a get a dress code. But Suns fan Randy, tell us where everybody can find you, and tell us a little bit about your podcast and what goes down over there. Um, yeah, so you can find me on YouTube and TikTok at Stay Off My Grass Pod. Um, I typically post right after the Suns game, so I'll like, give you a little quick analysis or a review of what's going on and what's, you know what I'm saying, was really popping or whatever. So that's really where, where we're at right now, mostly, up until I get that Twitter up and going. So, <laughs> yeah. Everybody tell him to get that Twitter because that is definitely where it pops off for sports stuff. So I've been listening to your content. I've been a fan for a little while now. Again, I have to apologize about the one night I blocked you on our show. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I did not mean to do that. I just like hit the little dots, tried to click away. And then and it did the block comment thing or block block user. I was like, crap. So the whole time I wasn't even paying attention to the show. I'm up here. How do I unblock on StreamYard and YouTube and message you? So I'm glad we could get that all worked out. But so the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns this year, last team to hit double digit losses. First team to get to the 43 win mark. Mm-hmm. And this team just keeps rolling right now. Just give me give me a few highlights of what you've seen from the team. Let's say from Christmas, because Christmas time, right after that, there was a <coughs> yeah. there that was really tough. But what have you seen in the month of January from the Phoenix Suns? Um, I've seen Devin Booker, Devin Booker, and Devin Booker. He's going crazy right now. I feel like 
I don't know what it was. I feel like going into Christmas or like we had a weird stretch in December, like after we lost to the Warriors because we had lost them for the second time and whatever a week or so. So like I wasn't feeling too confident about the Suns, but January we definitely flipped it and turned it around, especially with injuries and stuff like that. Um, I feel like we kind of started to understand like how to get through the season. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't see us losing a lot of like uh, trap games like we did a couple years ago or like last year or whatever the case may be. And I feel like we kind of got a, a formula definitely during the season on like what to do and what to do or like what to do in certain situations and stuff like that. Cause I feel like if you notice we come out in the first quarter and we lock up and then we come out in the fourth at the start and lock up and then we can put it away from there. And then sometimes like give or take like the scenario, whatever it might have to change. But for the most part, I feel like that's typically how it goes. I would actually completely agree with that assessment when it comes to figuring out the the regular season. I thought last year, obviously, it was a 72-game season. It was way different last year, especially considering no practices. We had mm-hmm. a lot to prove. We had that chip on our shoulder, and now we have the target on our back. I totally felt we were going to have a couple trap games. People were going to come up on us. They were going to hit us when we weren't ready, and that's happened like once or twice, but literally yeah. like once or twice. They just somehow keep it going and keep it going, and no matter how many players are in there. So that kind of leads me to my next point. We already touched on that we're the best team, most wins, least amount of losses, all that fun stuff. And this is with J.J. Reddit coming on probably one of the horrible ESPN shows that they have on. But he said (laughs) DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and Devin Booker have only played together for 23 games. And this we're at, what, game 44 is coming up? Mm -hmm. Does that give you hope, Suns fan, Randy? Or is that more of a, you know, we need to tap the brakes on DeAndre Ayton? Maybe he's not as important as we thought he was. Like, what does that mean to you? Well, let me unpack that a little bit. Well, first, like, I don't know if it's just me or not, but the first seed doesn't hit, like, I don't know if just because we just lost it and gained it so many times, like, the first seed doesn't hit as much or as hard as I thought it was. Like, we've been the first seed for probably, like, a week, two weeks now, and it's just been like, this is what it is, what it's like to be on the top. Like, I guess it's a little lonely, but um, so that was been one thing for me to dissect. Another thing, too, um, with DeAndre Ayton, I would say yes. I, I was one of those Aiden non-believers. I, I'll go out on a regular and say I did not believe in Aiden, like especially coming in. Well, after the finals, after Giannis kind of had his way, was giving him 50 and whatever, and just like, you know what I'm saying, just made him look like a little boy out there kind of. Um, I was like, I don't know if Aiden is worth a max. Like I wouldn't say that he's worthless or like he's not like doesn't have a spot on the team or like – you know what I'm saying? But I didn't think that he was worth Trey Young or Luka Doncic money. And I kind of felt that way up until probably like December to when we started losing him. I'm like, okay, like this whole team is different. Like the way it plays defense is different. The way like we go through offense. Like I didn't even know how much like the offense really went through him until we kind of started trusting like JaVale McGee with like dribble handoffs and like how JaVale McGee doesn't really set hard screens so Chris Paul can't slide under him or whatever. So I was just like, okay, like those things that I wasn't really taking under consideration is just like, yeah, we need this dude. I don't know. I like if we can get him for under the max, like that'll be fine. But you know what I'm saying? At this point, like we kind of can't be choosers with him. Cause I don't I, see anybody else out there that can I, I completely do what he agree. Did. I've been saying 160 for DeAndre, you were insane, but I don't know if we have a choice otherwise. I thought he'd be like, like 120 would be my max. Yeah. Right. Like 120 is my absolute max. And I love to do it for four years, 
30 a year. Like, are you really going to mm-hmm. say no to 30 a year? Come on, man. Are, are you trying to push for that? You're trying to push for that 40. Like, I get it. I just don't think he's worth that. He's not that type of player. He's not a transcendent player that's going to 100% improve everybody on the court unless it's on the defensive side. And those players do not get max contracts. Draymond Green doesn't have a max contract. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert does not have that contract like that. So that's where I stand on it. JJ, what do you have for Suns friend Randy tonight? Um, uh, Man, I just want to kind of add on to what uh, you were saying because you kind of just hit uh, like – these last two seasons, like uh, right on the head. Um, yeah. If we were to start, uh, if we started this podcast last year, you know, like both me and Evan would probably be tearing DA like a new one. <laughs> if we were talking Seriously. about last year, because yeah, there, there was so much inconsistency last year. And, but like when he hands. was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was the hands. It was like, you know, uh, like butter hands and stuff. And like, but he was good against like Embiid, Giannis, uh, Jokic. Like he was like, Anytime those games came around, he played very well. So it gave us like this yin and yang thing. I'm like, it's like, is he being too conservative? And he's only using spurts of it to show out against these guys, or or is it just like 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 luck or like we 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 didn't know what it was. And then we saw in that playoff run that like that like he's kind of like like top. He's a top five center right now. And then we get into this whole um, you know contract situation. We we're ready to throw him the money and. And, you know, it was living in the moment and stuff. And, like, now uh, looking outside in on everything that's going on with him, and he's having a stretch of bad luck right now. The knee injury to start the season and then um, yeah, the COVID, that threw him out of whack. And finally when he jumps back off of COVID, uh, th- then he rolls his ankle and stuff. Uh, but uh, you could definitely uh, see uh, this team playing a lot better with DA on the court. He like he knows the system. Uh, yeah, I'd just, agree. Just as sure. much as anybody does. Like th- yeah. this offense is a lot more cleaner. There's a lot less loose ends and mistakes when DA is on the floor. And I and I'll argue his hands are a lot better this year. His court vision is a lot better. He sees things that I don't see until he makes the pass. And like he, like he knows where everybody's supposed to be, like uh, like Cam Johnson in the corner or Mikhail cutting in. So he, like he's seeing these things a lot more this year uh, than he did last year. Uh, and McGee is filling that void too. He's doing a, a very good job being a backup center, and I, I'll argue he's the best backup center in the league. Uh, but uh, a top, uh, going back to the DA contract thing, you know, like he, he's kind of at the point that he's kind of like irreplaceable. You know, there's not many guys you can kind of get that back from, yeah, you can have a Biombo and a Kaminsky that play that, that center role and that role correctly, do the short role correctly, set those picks uh, like you need them to, but there's something about DA and his presence there that kind of makes centers, you know, a little like, you know, uh, worry, uh, worrisome because, you know, DA moves pretty well that that hook shot is mm-hmm. uh, 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 like a hook shot <coughs> is money, you know, and like, he's a, shown just like in his 20 games uh 23 games that he's played on the court uh this season that he's a different player than he was last year and he's been been a lot more consistent so like this sense team is a lot better than it was last year and the only t- uh like we used to get smacked in the mouth by like like last season like against like charlotte indiana mm-hmm. uh, well, what's detroit. another game evan detroit. Uh, yeah detroit, detroit yeah, that yeah. came out of nowhere but like this year it was really the heat 
and then the Warriors kind of gave us a reality check. Like, hey, we're good. Washington we're beat us out. beat us bad last year. Oh, the yeah, yeah. Beat us yeah, bad yeah. Year. There was a handful of them. There was a bunch bad. of those. Uh, Oklahoma City as... beat us one time. Oklahoma we were, City. That, yeah. That's what got us to eight and eight, and then we the went on The Kings beat us. Uh, that was the most frustrated the one Kings I, beat I remember. It. That was one this season, that's just the most irritating thing. And then the, you know, like the Nuggets games in, uh, in the beginning of the season. Uh, when, yeah, you Jamal know, uh, Murray was going Jamal crazy Murray, the travel and then all that other stuff. But this game, uh, uh, this team is just tightening up so many, like, uh, you know, things and, you know, kind of uh, smoothed out the the sharp edges. And, like, this uh, this team is just very deep top to bottom and stuff. And Alfred Payton, he's probably the best, you know, third string uh uh point guard you can have in the league right now so yeah uh, there's just a lot to talk about with this team this team in my opinion and i'm a little biased but you know like the proof is in the pudding like this team is the best like in the nba record wise pace wise scoring wise and then just how they do it because against junkie teams we pay we play at like half speed and you know we only turn it on when we needed to and we couldn't do that last year so I want to. You're too loud over there, JJ. You got to be quiet. You got to be humble. <laughs> Just <'cause>, like, <laughs> well, you said this is the best team in the NBA right now. Is this? We had this conversation with the Cardinals, so I'm I'm really weary about going down this road. But it is something that we need to point to. Is this the best Phoenix Suns team Ooh. of all time? Now we have to wait until the season ends. If they get bounced in the first round. It's a different conversation. Yeah, but but at this point, from what you're seeing, that argument can be made, right, Randy? What do you think? A hundred percent. Um, like even when the finals was happening, it was pulling on my heartstrings just because like people were like throwing up posts and asking me and stuff like that. Like, oh, like is this team better than the Nash teams and stuff like that? And like the Nash teams and Nash just, they hold a special place in my heart. So it's just like a little tough for me to just even book, even though I love book, like he hasn't got there yet, but he's, he's fast approaching, but I don't know, man. Like, cause we've been to the finals with this team and that team never took us to the finals, but I feel like that Nash, those Nash, Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire, Q Rich, I don't know. Like, I feel like we went to war. Tim Thomas, like, we went to war with some of those dudes. And uh, Lou Amundsen, like, oh, man, like, I had so many, like, childhood memories just attached to those dudes. So it's kind of hard for me to kind of put this team over. But I think on paper, like, logically, yes. But if I had to vote with my heart, I would say, nah, like, I, I would still take those Nash teams and stuff like that. But on paper, if I had to just be like, all right, like, I'm going to just be logical. You know what I'm saying? Like, this girl obviously cheated on me. So, like, the, the obvious thing is, like, I need to leave. But, like, obviously I still love her. So, it's just like, <laughs> I'm not. She's the best I'm going to ever have. So, I yes. got to stay with her. <laughs> yeah. I have to I put actually, up with it. I actually have a good comparison uh, to what uh, you said, Randy, or, like, a metaphor, if you want to put it like that. Have you guys seen Moneyball? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, I think Monty Williams kind of constructed this team kind of, like, in a Moneyball sense. <laughs> it was all, like. Like Mikkel gets the base, you know, <laughs> like Booker is, you know, kind of like that guy that, you know, he can, you know, score a couple and Chris Paul is kind of conducting the whole thing. I think that's how Monty kind of put together this team because, you know, like who thought Mikkel was going to be the yeah, player that man. he is? Uh, who thought DA was really going to live up to like the number one pick status, you know? And who knew, like Booker didn't even play in college like that, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I know Mon- uh, uh, James Jones, uh, like that, that isn't like his his pick his pick but you know still though like he still constructed a team around these guys and ended up getting chris paul and yeah i didn't yeah yeah, i didn't see mikhail bridges working out initially because i like 
his jumper, and I don't know if you guys noticed it or not either, like recently, like that old hitch that he used to have in his jump shot when he first yep. came in, yeah. it's kind of back a little bit. And it's a little yep. concerned. Like, I don't know if you noticed it, like he shoots it like real, like in front of his face kind of, and it's just like, you could tell like he's like, cert- like I don't know. And obviously he's still been finger? slumping up too. I, you know what? No. I'm glad you said that. You reminded me. Because I was like, why has he been playing so bad offensively? And then I was like, okay, he did like dislocate his finger and then come back in the game. Now I remember. I that. mean, I when he's when he hurt his finger, he stopped being aggressive. And then it's not like he went out for two weeks and then came back. He kept playing, so he kept playing through it. And he mm-hmm. had to keep adjusting that way, right? So he had to keep playing that way. So now he's having to adjust back to being that aggressive player. And I'm not so much seeing the shot. The shot is more going over his head before mm-hmm. it used to kind of go at a one o'clock position. You know, mm-hmm. he would shoot it at one o'clock right here. I mean. It looks like it's like 11 o'clock on the screen, but, you know, you flip it around the way the camera mm-hmm. is. But this is really my right shoulder right here, my right hand, and this is where he used to shoot it. And now mm-hmm. he brings it down here, and then he, like, kind of goes up. He, like, yep, he, like swings exactly. it, yeah. whoops up. Yeah, so it's not like, like a hitch where stuff. it's like a, a weird, like a uh, like a double clutching type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like a weird kind of like extra swooping motion. It's like a quarterback that has to drop all the way down to throw, right? Instead of just going right back and throwing and just, they just go like, yeah. That's so, what right, I've kind of so noticed from him. Okay, so I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. Not at all. I actually brought that up on, on Sun's Jam session recently, but then he scored like 22 points that so night like, when uh, I brought it up. So it's like... It worked. I don't know. What are you going to do? So I don't know if you follow Sun's Jam Session at all either, uh, Sun's oh, yeah. and Randy. They 100%. just started doing a new thing today, that, and John dropped a little video, like a little short 10-minute video on campaign, and I got to take a listen to it today during my break. It was an actually very interesting little tidbit about campaign because it's everything that I've been thinking about campaign, but I haven't dug dug into the stats. You know what I'm saying? So he's been averaging like 2.3 points or turnovers during uh, this stretch and over mm-hmm. the last 11 games, it's only, it's down to 1.3. He's getting to the rim better. You know, uh, he's finally, looks like he's finally healthy. Give me your thoughts on campaign. Can he be the backup point guard for us? And what are your realistic expectations of a scoring guard like campaign? That isn't a traditional point guard. Yeah. I feel like up until like the like maybe the finals like I kind of had the thought like in my brain like you know what campaign can kind of be the successor for Chris Paul and then like now like going through the season I'm like ah you kind of reminded me because I feel like regular season campaign (laughs) and playoff campaign is two different campaigns it's kind of like Rondo in a sense but it's like yeah like during the season because he was doing this kind of the same thing last year but the thing was, I feel like the thing that irritates me, because I'm not like, I didn't watch the video. I wish I, I would have watched it. But um, the thing that irritates me a little bit about campaign this year, I feel like he kind of needs those extra guards, like the Langston Galloways, the Etuan Moores, the Javon Carters, the who else is back there? Tyshawn Alexander. Like, I just feel like he needs those guards to like light a fire under him that they might take his minutes. Cause I feel like now he's too comfortable. And I feel like now, like, he's been playing really, really bad. Or, well, the last couple of games, like, okay, cool. But, like, I just feel like I'm tired of watching him. He can only go left. He can only finish with his – he's the only left-hander I know that that can't go right. Finishes and on the right. <laughs> yeah, like, like every left-hander I know, like, can go both ways. But, anyways, he can't go left. His jumper, like, his three balls, like, okay, like, that's kind of, like, the best thing kind of going for him right now. But it's just, like, I'm tired of watching him drain the clock and then wait till five seconds left, and then like, all right, I'm gonna try to beat you off the dribble, beat you to the rim, and then only go to the left. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, 
Off and the then glass. like yeah, especially and then now that they have Javale McGee in a starting lineup, it's like now you don't even have a guy that picks up those that cleans up your misses. And so it's just like more noticeable. I'm not the biggest campaign fan right now because, like I said, regular season campaign, I'm like, Ugh. but playoff campaign. And then also, too, like I feel like Javon Carter brought out that defensive dog in him because I feel like them two had like whatever competition. They were like, all right, I'm trying to lock up. And I feel like campaign hasn't really locked up anybody like full court like he used them to. Them two together was like a problem for bench players. Yeah. So like, time. yeah. Imagine if we would have drafted Desmond Bain and would be able to. Mm, I was so hype off of Desmond Bain too. But anyways, go ahead. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I I mean I knew he was the best shooter, but mm-hmm. every time he would he would pick up his dribble or he would start dribbling and get into the just anywhere inside the three point line, it just looked brutal on film. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. just awfully brutal. Now at the same time, it's it's different in college versus NBA. You got more room in the NBA. You can do more things if you got speed. And it's never, ever, ever, ever a bad idea to pick the best shooter in the league. Whenever anybody criticizes a team for taking the best shooter, like everybody did with Cam Johnson, who was mm-hmm. the best shooter in that draft, you don't know anything about basketball. What's the point of basketball? Shooting and putting the ball in the hole. That's right. that's literally the whole point. So you pick the best shooter, good things are going to happen. But imagine if we had Desmond Bain backing up Book and we could still keep Javon Carter. That would have been the perfect perfect ideal thing to happen to the phoenix suns uh mm-hmm. one thing that we've had issues with with the phoenix suns is no depth on the bench just due to COVID. oh damn it westville i was trying not to get into it <laughs> I know. we're talking point, about campaign. We, we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't have campaign if it wasn't for i mean if we had halliburton we wouldn't have campaign let's just right, be honest right. like he, he, yeah. he would not be with the team but damn it he's right so our bench has been an issue because so many dudes have been out with injury, with COVID, whatever it is. I feel like the second unit, especially JaVale McGee to a point, and especially with uh, Landry Shamit, they haven't been able to get their feet under them, rhythm with other players, whatever it may be. Until recently, JaVale McGee finally got it in the month of mid-month of December. Mm-hmm. I feel like Landry Shamit was starting to get it, then he got COVID, and now, yeah. he's, trying to, now he's trying to come back, and it's... It's just whatever it is with Landry Shannon. But talk to me about our bench right now. What what yeah. are your thoughts? What you're seeing? What you're feeling? And and also, we're about seven ish weeks from Frank Kaminsky return. By the way, what what He's the watch back? is on for Frank the Tank? Yeah, that's he, a real he, thing. He got surgery. Yeah, six, six to eight weeks at the beginning of January. So in theory, at the beginning of March, he could come back. Well, yeah. So what happened was uh, like he tried healing naturally, and what the sort of thing that he has, uh, like stress uh, fracture. Yeah, the stress fracture. Either your body heals naturally with it, or you're gonna need surgery. So he tried healing naturally without getting the surgery, mm-hmm. and and so it didn't end up looking good. So now he's getting the surgery. So he could have been back a lot sooner. He just didn't want to get the surgery, which I get. Re- but re- re- real quick, holy crap! The the Utah Jazz. Did, I don't know if you guys saw this. Lost to the Houston Rockets tonight. What they're going what? through? They're going through something right now. Uh, the Rockets what, beat the Jazz. Right at what? Utah, yeah, man. At Utah, at Utah. That's nuts. Yeah, I, you live and die I, by I the ju- three. I just, is. I just saw that, and I had to pass that along. Yeah, they've lost uh, the Utah Jazz. One, two, One five, three, right? four, five. Out of their last seven games, they've lost six. Ooh, I mean that's good for us because they were kind of like creeping up too, and I was just like, hopefully the Jazz and kind of 
Because, like I said, the one seat means something to me, but I don't know why. Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't hit maybe because we've just been down so long. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Let, let's, I, I want to get back to that one seed talk before we get you out of here. Let, let's talk about the bench a little bit and the question I just posed. Oh, yeah. Right. Accidentally, rudely interrupted you with this. Hilarious nah, you good. You good. Jazz <laughs> lost. Um, how I feel about the bench. Um, I'm a little concerned about the bench but then not really because if you really get surgical and kind of get real like in playoff rotations like you don't really go too too deep in the bench so i'm not uh necessarily too concerned because you typically go like seven or eight man rotation but i am concerned about the bench because like i i don't like landry shamit um like i mean he's cool but i feel like to me, like up until this point, he hasn't given me anything that was advertised about him. Like he hasn't given me any defense because I thought that I was going to get at least some sort of defense. Uh, I I can't get open threes from him, just the open ones. Just you don't even have to knock down the contested ones, just the just open threes. Open and um, I feel like like I feel like I'm we're solid on like big. So if we ever run into like Giannis or whoever, or if they try to go big on us, like or bully ball, whatever, like, because I feel like that's kind of like our Achilles heel, but nobody really knows that yet, is if you try to bully us and get physical, like, we're kind of like, you know what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I feel like we, something that always concerns me is just like, we just need a, Devin Booker needs a backup, because like I said, when he went out with the hammy, because I feel like he typically goes out maybe once or twice a year with a couple hammy uh, strains, but I feel like if we can get somebody that can just hold it down while he's gone, or like just be serviceable, like that'd be cool with me. I completely agree. What are your thoughts on Cam Johnson and how important he is to the team? Ah, Cam Johnson. Uh, I really like Cam Johnson, and I guess hot take. I think that Cam Johnson has a higher ceiling than Mikael Bridges. I feel like Cam Johnson, if he really works on his craft and tries to hone in on his games, because I feel like he shows spurts of what he can do from time to time. And it's just like if he really sat down and concentrated and just took the summer just to take it serious, not just focus on just shooting. I feel like he can come out and surprise a whole lot of people. But I don't know if, like, I don't know if he's going to grow into that person at the power forward position that we keep running him at. But um, I do think that, you know what I'm saying, like, he can definitely be better than Mikhail. I don't know if we've seen the best of Mikhail because I didn't think that he was, like, in the beginning of the season, he was phenomenal. Mikhail was hitting all kinds of middies and, that turnaround jumper, I feel like now the league is kind of on to that turnaround jumper because it gets blocked almost every time he tries to go pump fake spin, turn around like it gets it gets tossed almost every time now. But um, yeah, I think that with if he if I hope that we can keep him money wise too. That's another guy I'm trying to figure out. Like, how much do you think we should pay Cam Johnson in the summer? Like to me, he looks like maybe a 15 mil or. Like, I don't know if he, I mean, we're going to get him for 40, well, but I don't know because remember, this next year is when the cap is supposed to go way up, like an extra something stupid. I want to hear, I want to say I heard 30 to 40 mil a team. Mm. So that's, that's just going to, that's going to be, an inf- <laughs> yeah, that's going to be inflation for everybody. So, like, a $10 million player is now what, 16, 17, 18. So, I don't know the value off the top of my head. I want to say, you know, I would pay him that 90 mil contract, like what like what Shamit got or yeah, yeah. Shamit oh, got like Shammett 43 got 40. Not, like Mikhail yeah, got 90 Mikhail got 90. 90 that's what I was thinking of that's that's kind of what I was thinking to be to be honest yeah I would I give say him, that's fair yeah I say that's fair maybe 95 maybe if the cap goes that high then maybe 100 I wouldn't mind I mean him. realistically you're like I would say 75 because he hasn't been a starter he's been a bench player this whole time it's like you sure. want to give him that but you're not paying in the NBA you're not paying for what you're done you're paying for what you could do yeah. yeah, 
and another conversation with that is like, uh, what are we going to do with Jay, you know, after Mm -hmm. the season, you know? So it's like, like Cam is really like flourishing and kind of like becoming something bigger than we first kind of perceived when we first got him. And yeah, like I love Jay to death and stuff. And he's, he's a great puzzle piece for any team that wants to go on a run. Go buy something. Anything else is better. Todd is not happy. He will never listen to us again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but him. for but for real though, like Jay, he's a great piece for any team that wants to make uh, make a run and stuff. So I like. I don't know if we'll be able to keep Jay. I love Jay, and uh, I think Cam Johnson is going to end up, you know, like being a starter in the future, and you know, taking some of that money away from Jay. And that, that, that's just where we're at. Hopefully, we I, we win a chip this year. And you know, I mean, like, Jake Crowder next year going into his third and final year, you can unload that contract. Jay Crowder on a final yeah. year when he's 32, 33, like you can unload that. Like there's no tomorrow. Like exactly. that's a contract yeah. everybody wants. And it's only like at nine or 10 mil. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not this huge contract. So I could it's very 100%, easy to deal with. I he might take a pick at. He likes being on the team. So. I mean, yeah, he might. Yeah. Need, you're going to need a roll cut as well, too. But there's so many more things that Jay Crowder does that Cam Johnson doesn't. Cam Johnson doesn't say a damn thing on offense, which yeah. is a good thing for his role. Jay Crowder is kind of that spark plug. He's that boss man. He's not really mm-hmm. that that tough guy that uh, what, what do you call it in hockey? The enforcer. Mm-hmm. He's not really an enforcer, but yet he's kind of our enforcer. I don't want mm-hmm. Cam Johnson guarding LeBron either. Right. You know, yeah, so. I don't want Mikhail guarding LeBron. Yeah, no. I want yet. a dude like Jay Crowder. So there's definitely a place for him. His passing is a, is a lot better too. His court awareness is a lot better. So there's a lot of little intrinsic things that Jay Crowder offers that Cam Johnson just can't right yeah. now. Just right now, right? Um, yeah. Go into your number one seed comment real quick. After watching the Cardinals meltdown and implode, I can't believe I was so obtuse to think that we would be better going on the road than staying at home, especially in the playoffs. And that was just a a, a foresight, not a foresight. A uh, It was just wrong thinking by me. I should have never said that. Looking at last year and how important it was for us in the conference finals, how important that number one seed was for us, Mm-hmm. you're damn right i think the number one seed means something it means playing a weaker opponent the first two rounds and you deal with whoever's left over and you always start at home and i really think there is something to that tell me i mean a lot of people like the lakers last year they didn't care if they were one through six they should have but they didn't there's right. a lot of pr- probably the warriors right warriors probably don't care the nets sure as hell don't care they just want to <laughs> get through the season get yeah. to whatever and, and play for the for the real season for the Suns and who we are as Suns fans, I think it's important. Why do you think it's so important, Randy? Um, I think it's for so important. Just number one for pride, because I feel like we've. For me, I feel like I'm looking for TVs or national televisions like validation so much, and I I, I didn't catch myself until today. I'm like, we're, why are you not talking not about the Suns so much? I was like, you hear me? Oh, you said yeah. we're not getting it. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, um, we're not getting it. Yeah. yeah, so like I was like. For the longest time, I was like, look, if we can get the number one seed and we got Devin Booker, like, that's all he needs. Like, if we can get Devin Booker the number one seed, I swear, like, they'll talk about Devin Booker all day, all night, and, like, everybody be happy. But, like, like I said, we got there now, and it's just, like, it kind of it feels like, oh, this is what this feels like, and they still don't acknowledge us and whatever. So it's just, like, 
So I guess, like, like I said, I it was just like wishful thinking. I was just like, oh man, like they're gonna love us and da da da. We gonna have the best team and we're gonna be the best team in the NBA and we can walk around like that, like oh, like just like in the Nash days, kind of. And it's just like, nah, like they don't really care. And it's just like we don't even get like the same even respect. Still, luckily you get a little bit more respect amongst the refs a little bit more, but yeah, that's about it. That's that's really yeah. changed within you know, the I, I said this at the beginning. The national media will not give us anything. They won't give us any respect. Clay will score 21 points and everybody will be popping off about it. Or uh, Joel Embiid got 50 tonight against the Magic and people pop off. Devin Booker gets 48. You know, obviously, it's not. The Raptor. It's like, ah, the the Toronto Raptor is mad about it. Yeah, it's it's the Raptor and being double teamed in a pickup game three or four years ago. Yeah, that's so. what we're talking about. Um, unfortunately, it's all an act on ESPN. Everything is staged and it's all about ratings, yada, yada, yada. There's a reason L.A. is king and we are not. It's because it's just the bigger market and money talks. That's what it is. And we went to the finals and we're still not getting credit, bro. We could win yeah. the finals and everybody will talk shit because so-and-so is going to have an injury. Oh, you're lucky, Anthony Davis. Oh, if Jamal Murray was healthy. So even if we win, you are not going to find that validation. I promise you. Yeah, Jay. Like the Bucks just won, and the only conversation on the East is the Bulls coming back after being forever. <laughs> and right. then it's the Ben Simmons situation, and then Kyrie's COVID thing. I've the, I've yet to see a lick of Bucks. Thank you. Coverage, and they Stephen A. Smith just today said he would pick John Morant over Giannis in the playoffs. Oh my God! Did what he? the hell else do you need to know? <laughs> yes. And then he backed right. it up with a Twitter post four hours later. Yeah, nah. weird. He's funny for memes, but God, he'd be so yeah, that's, weird. So. That's Stephen A. Smith ESPN content for you. They would rather pick a guy that's unproven, that hasn't won the MVP, hasn't won the two-time MVP, right? Hasn't yeah, won right. the championship and the, and the championship MVP. Yeah, that's just because somebody's at. on a hot streak right now. Yeah, so so don't expect anything like that, Suns fan, Randy. You need to listen to all the local podcasts, the Suns podcast family. That's where you're going to get your insight and in other smaller podcasts like Romp 2.0, uh, some of the other uh, small basketball ones. Yeah, Jay. And uh, uh, one more thing. Last year, it, like it was very important for us because we didn't want to like see like the Lakers, the clip, uh, the, like the Clippers in the first round and stuff. And what do you know? The Lakers started sucking because of injuries, and you know, uh, Clippers lost Kawhi, and you know the 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 cards fell where they did and the things ended up working out and it kind of gave us more validation about things yeah injuries kind of played into it a little bit but you know this team was consistent all year uh yeah uh, like against good teams and now we're just further adding to uh to our argument and like that like this team's for real uh for real and here to stay and this team is built to stay together for a long time and uh just to uh, cap off uh what i need to say is that for some reason like just sports Twitter and sports Instagram, like uh, people that follow just uh, casual fans have this weird hate when it comes to Chris Paul and Booker. Mm. I, I just don't like, I don't understand it anytime like Booker, like, like he just dropped 48 the other night and like, like the top comments would just be like blue two Oh lead, but you know, they give Steph Curry a pass for his three one. So, yeah. <laughs> but it, like, so like uh, we're getting hate and flack for a lot of reasons. One, us being Phoenix, not having that credibility for such a long time, us not being established, uh, and you know now we're the top of the food uh, the food chain, and people still aren't taking it seriously. But pe- 
actual basketball people like JJ Redick and yeah, uh, Richard Jefferson sometimes and Matt Barnes <laughs> and like like Channing other Fry. NBA players. Yeah, yeah Channing Fry, uh, Kendrick Perkins. They'll be like like I played. Like this team is good. They're they're here to stay, and the, the players will like will back us up. A sports analyst uh, averaged two points in high school. You know, I'm not going to take so seriously. Hey, easy. <laughs> I'm talking about Skip, but, you know, uh, like, people just hate Book just to hate him. I, I don't get it. And Chris Paul, you hate him when he's not on your team, but once you, once he's on your team, like, you're blessed. So, yeah, I, I just stopped listening to outside noise. I'll back him up whenever I could. So, yeah, but it's just but, that validation. It's like looking for your dad's validation. And he's just like, it, yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> annoying. It's so annoying. Back back in the Nash years, before social media and stuff, we actually got a lot of play on ESPN and Fox Sports or, or whatever it was. I think they kind of saw what we were doing with the seven seconds or less, and they saw that it was going to change the NBA. They saw it right in front of their eyes. Mm-hmm. So the, it was just – it was different. It was magical. It hit the NBA by complete surprise. And then you add the thunderous dunks that Amari had. Mm. It, it was must-see TV. Yeah, way before now you Now you've got Chris Paul, who's going to surgically dissect you with 18 seconds into the shot clock as opposed to seven seconds or less. And people don't want to see that. People don't want to see him doing this, crossing over, this, that, and all of a sudden he's just going to do a little step-back midi for two points. People don't want to see that. And that's kind of okay with me. I'm mm. okay with people doubting that because – you have to see it to believe it. Right. And until it happens to your team, you're the one talking shit to us. And when it happens to your team, you're going to be like, oh, damn. Think of yeah. the 2012 Spurs, you know, like they were boring to watch because of how good they played basketball. Right. Mm-hmm. That's and I, I feel like every that's, Spurs that's, that's, team. Yeah, every Spurs team. Especially, I mean, it was weird. Yeah, every Spurs when we team. Played yeah. Them the other name, when we played them the other day, like they were actually moving up and down. I was like, what? Greg Popovich got off that slow ball or maybe he was just like that's not gonna work against us but that was an interesting kind of game he's like i don't i don't have tim duncan i i can't do that i've got Dejounte murray who by the way put up another triple double tonight yeah that was um you you guys want to get into some scores real quick around the league it was a busy day in basketball you want to just do some scores and then we'll let suns fan randy get out of here all right i'm with it let's go let me share my screen real quick so Clippers and Nuggets are still playing tonight. Uh, Nuggets are down to the Clippers, believe it or not. I I wouldn't have guessed that. Jokic is working on a triple-double. Kings are up seven on the Pistons in the fourth quarter. Before I actually clicked back over, it was 120 to 118, and the Kings have have picked it up. (laughs) Right there. (laughs) Go figure. It's a close game against a team that's 15 and 29. Brogdon's Who would have thought? Crazy. Oh, it's, only thought? Four, it's a four point, four point game right now. But yeah, four point game. Lakers and Pacers. Good riddance. 76ers and Magic. Embiid with a 50 spot and 12 boards. Mo Bamba randomly went off for 32 points. I, I didn't see that coming, but Joel Embiid. Everybody laughed at me when I thought the, the Sixers were going to be a top three team last year. And I said, anytime Joel Embiid is on your team, who is arguably the best big man in the league, you're going to be a top three team. Yeah. Just like that. Who who knew? Um, Nets beat the Wizards by one. Wizards had two opportunities at the buzzer to to win or or tie it or get fouled or something. Couldn't do it. Hawks 134-122 over the Timberwolves. Ant 
Edwards got ejected for a second tee, similar to what uh, Cade Cunningham did to us on the Pistons. He made a dunk, said something, got a tee. Mm, yeah, he, that was that, that, that trash office here. That yeah. needs to change, right? Come on, man. That needs to change. No respect. I'm the number one pick. Uh, Hornets beat the Celtics tonight, 111 to 102. Terry Rozier, 28 points. D. Schroeder, a Phoenix Suns trade target, had 24 <laughs> points. By the way, Phoenix Suns trade target. You want to talk Suns trade? There was a, a proposed trade that got denied. Jalen Sticks Smith for uh, Dennis Schroeder. Blazers uh, got taken care of by the Heat. Bam Adebayo with 20 and 10. Anthony Simons stepping up yet again in Dame and CJ McCollum's absence. Of course, CJ's back now. But he is stepping up. Yep. Game of the night was probably the Bulls and Cavs. Bulls uh, take care of the Cavaliers, and DeRozan had a 30 spot. And the interesting game of the night between a couple Suns foes that we all know really well, Bucks took care of business against the Grizzlies. So all of a sudden, Mm, the Grizzlies start playing. Grizzlies start playing really good teams, and they start losing. Go figure, right? It's the weirdest (laughs) thing. 14 assists. Um, that's, that's really good. John Morant had 33. Giannis had 33. And I'm getting a weird go away. I hate when you have it in Tax your ear season. and they start playing other, other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Spurs, 118-96. There's DeJounte Murray, 23-10 and 14. Dude is an absolute beast, and I can't wait the, till the new or the future Phoenix Sun plays on our team in a couple of years. And then, as I said, <laughs> Rockets beat the Jazz. And that's the LOL of the night right there. Anything standing out to you with tonight's game or or in the season specific, Suns fan Randy? Anything that's really caught your eye? Um, out of us or just through this list? Just just through just through any any NBA headlines, any teams. By the way, Luca had forty one and fourteen in ESPN. Yeah, and we played him tomorrow, up. so that was the first thing that stuck out to me. Like at least we'll get him on a back for them. Yeah, that's gonna be a good game. On TNT, by the way. Um, any other any other scores? I mean, this score is, is is really telling. But are the Grizzlies a team that you're worried about? Do you think the Bulls are are, are a big top dog in the East? Talk to me about some of the other NBA teams just for a minute. So I had on my pod, I predicted really, 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 really early, like November to be exact, that John Morant was going to be in the MVP conversation. I didn't think that. I still don't think he's going to win just because I feel like Steph Curry and just how historic his season is going to be. And I feel like now I'm starting to kind of get the gist of like how much of a politic or like kind of like a fan driven league it is. So it's just like, okay, like Steph Curry's going to get it. But I feel like I, like I said, in November, I called, I was like, if John Morant can kind of keep doing what he's doing and especially like turn that team into like a top uh, team in the West, like he should get it. And I feel like he's, Definitely earn it, especially with Steph Curry being super inconsistent right now. It's just like some weeks he hasn't – he's in a shooting slump. I think Steph Curry might be out right now because he hurt his hand or he might have fell on his hand. Check, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that was the thing I was just like – I feel like I seen it early in John Morant because, to me, he reminds me so much of Allen Iverson in just the sense of being fearless. Just like I literally – I was following John Morant since maybe his first year at Murray State because he had a really – dunk that went semi-viral and I was just like who is this dude just dunking or whatever and then like I followed him up until um we played against him in the league his rookie year and I literally had to unfollow him on all social media just because like I thought that he was super disrespectful because what kind of guy or like what like how disrespectful is somebody to dunk in a in a meaningful game we were playing him 
and it was but 52 seconds left in the game and they were down by maybe one point and he just leaped up and just just all over Aaron Baines and just flushed it down and I was I was just like yo it's 50 it's a clutch game and that's your go-to off of two feet just uh, and just throw it in there and I was just like you're disrespectful sir like I I can no longer support this so it's just like (laughs) ever since then he's kind of been canceled with me but like yeah so he he's just he's just like I said he's a different person I think that if he can get the consistent jumper kind of going and He'll be all right, and he'll kind of last, he, but yeah, I don't know. He, you might be a little young for this, but he reminds me the style of play of a mix between John Wall and mm. Penny Hardaway. Oh, no. John Wall, when he first came out, was tough. That's that's actually a really good comp, Evan. I, that, uh, like, I, I, I'll co-sign on that. That's a really with, good without the shoot, Without the shooting, the shooting obviously needs to improve, but as far as the ball handling, the attacking, but the fearlessness with AI, that is mm-hmm. that is spot on with Ja. Do you Just, know uh, what my comp would be? Like, it, like it would be Kemp and uh, like Sean Kemp and uh, uh, Iverson. I'll probably merge those two together. If they had a little baby, it'd be John yeah. Morant. <laughs> oh, oh, but uh, I actually have a question for Randy and uh, for you, Evan, as well. Um, like, who would your MVP picks be? Because it's a little weird this year, I, and I feel like all three of us have a different one. So uh, this the season's a little weird. Like Chris Paul should have won it last year, and he didn't. Jokic won it, and he got swept in the playoffs. So, like taking everything into consideration, Jokic is still putting up the numbers. Giannis is too. Steph Curry's been really inconsistent, but he has the fan vote in his back pocket. Like, uh, like, uh, 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 tell me your picks. You know. Yeah. So, uh, just to give you, I guess, my top three. So I would give. To me personally, um, I would give John Morant first, and then um, I would probably give Steph second, just because, like I said, he's what he's doing is historic, and I think he's gonna get it. And third, um, I know a lot of people gonna hate me out there, but I do feel like um, if just being a fan of the game, like I said, I hate those other dudes that wear purple and gold, but um, if he can get them to the six seed, I think LeBron should definitely be in the rejected just because what he's doing oh, at that age, on that. yeah, like. <laughs> Like I said, I hate I hate him too. I you know what I'm saying I, I fight with him every day in LA. I go in and I argue and I you know what I'm saying fight to the death and stuff like that. But like I said, I got to give respect and I got to give credit when it's due. Um, LeBron James and what he's doing over there at that age, like especially you know what I'm saying, especially and then you got Russell Westbrook who's literally just sabotaging whichever way he can. It's like <laughs> it's like you got to give him you got to give him something. That is a that's a great question to ask JJ because anybody that says Steph Curry is absolutely insane and you do not watch and or follow basketball. You right. are drunk off of something and I want some of it. Yeah. Stephen Curry, other than the the 2019-2020 season, the first year KD left, Clay was hurt. Draymond was hurt. He played five games that whole season. I'm throwing that season out. Other than that season, he is shooting his career worst in three-point percentage. He is shooting his career worst in overall field goal percentage. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give somebody the MVP for having career worst in those categories. I'm just not. He's not averaging a career best in in rebounds or assists 
or steals for that matter. He's not averaging a career best in anything. Mm-hmm. Why would we give a player that has a career best or a career worst in things the MVP? Hmm. I, he doesn't. He, he does not get my consideration right now. Right now, Ja Morant, because of recency bias mo- more than anything, uh, his explosion and, and all that stuff is there and the way he's turned it around. I do like his swag for a team like Memphis because you got to have a dude that's going to chat like that and not back down, especially if you play for a Sacramento, a Memphis, you know, a team of that smaller stature, if you will. Uh, Giannis, on the other hand, is, you know, he's averaging more points than he did last year. He's the same, or he's averaging a little more in rebounds. He's averaging a little more in assists, a little more in blocks, a little less in steals, and his turnovers are exactly where they were. Uh, His field goal percentage is about the same. His free throw percentage is actually up from last year. I got to put Giannis in there, and then I got to put Kevin Durant in there as well. Oh, yeah. I still think Kevin Durant is one of the best, if not the best player in the world. So yeah. those are my three, and that is that is a great point to talk about because everybody still wants to give it to Stephen Curry. So when they do, and you have that conversation, you could tell him he's shooting a career worst in field goal and three-point percentage, and he's not averaging a, a career high in anything. Other than the season two years ago where he played five games, you got to take that out because then they'll be like, oh, yeah, but this season he did this. And no, that doesn't count. So <laughs> take that for what you will. Suns fan Randy, thank you so much for coming on again. Uh, I'd love to have you on again. I'm sure we're going to be in contact. Get that Twitter up and going if you can. But please sure. tell everybody where they can find your podcast and what it's all about again. So, yeah, you can follow me on YouTube at um stay off my grass podcast and you can find me on tiktok also i upload a lot on there too at uh stay off my grass pod so those for right now up until we get to twitter up and going we'll get it up and going head it over to him uh go ahead in the chat as well to randy and tell everybody where it's at or, or post a link in there so people can go over and they can subscribe to it as well too we appreciate to have you on and hopefully we'll have you on again okay all right man peace all right Thanks, have a randy. good one that was a lot of fun having him on. I really like his insight. Everybody go over and and listen to his podcast. He does great analysis. He does it right after the game. It's a 10 to 15 minute video, whatever it is. And he just and he just spits it how he sees it. So I love that. The only downside is his brother's a Lakers fan. And so they'll go back and forth about it. And then you got to listen to a Lakers fan. So but we'll have his brother on as well sometime and we'll roast him a little bit, I'm sure. Let's uh I don't want to do this. Okay, before we transition, uh I actually <sighs> wanted to give you my uh, uh my uh MVP picks as oh, of right oh, now. Please, please, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll just go over it real quickly. Um I think uh, Randy made a good point about LeBron with with everything uh, uh going on in LA right now. He's still playing really consistent uh consistently, playing really good. Yeah. His plus minus his plus minus is good. And like he's dealing with a lot of BS right now, but um, yeah, like some of the uh, blame goes to him of how he constructed the team, and but that falls on Rob Polinka as well. So oh Rob, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, le, le GM, I don't know, I don't know how much that I, I don't know how much pull anybody has. Here, here's a statement I agree with though, real yeah. quick from Roy. Dwayne Bacon, for, dude, you've been talking yeah. about Dwayne Bacon for three years, right? <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but go on. like, 
Yeah, it's the GM, and you know you want to go through you know your best player to see how you want to construct a team. But at the end of the day, Rob Polinka has the pants, so it, like he he pulls the trigger on the things. He can listen to LeBron's insight, and like uh, like yeah, he, he's definitely going to take flag for the rusting and like i think fans of la love the wrestling efforts and it's just not working it happens yeah but uh he's playing good um but uh my uh i would throw Giannis uh uh, right above lebron he's just he just keeps on increasing his numbers no need to get further into that he's a different animal yeah 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 he's a different animal uh i'll throw jaw in a second i think what he's doing is great they missed the playoffs last year right uh, no, they were the eight seed. They won their their play in game. And they were eight seed. They won the first game against the Jazz, who had the one seed, and then they yeah, lost four in a row. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, fr- fr- from to come to that to uh, where they are now is pretty incredible. Reminds me of the Bubble Suns uh, a couple years ago. I think that's kind of like where where they're at right now. They don't have a solid second scorer. I think maybe another year or two they, they're going to be a problem. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw jaw, uh, right there, but my pick honestly is, uh, DeMar DeRozan. I think what he's doing with the bulls right now is pre- pretty incredible. I've been a big DeRozan fan ever since LeBronto and before, he's heating up. <laughs> he's, he's been a, uh, uh, he's just been a great scorer. And like a lot of people were like, how, like, how's this bull, uh, bulls team going to work on it? And uh, just because all the guards and, you know, the lack of size and stuff, but it, everything's clicking and it goes through uh, DeMar and like, like he, he, he's just playing like crazy right now. So he's my dark horse MVP. Probably Curry's going to win it or Giannis. I'm cool with Giannis winning it, especially defensive player of the year. But you know, uh, th- those I, are my I'm, picks really. I thought Zach Levine was going to be the dude on that team, to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be the one doing all this stuff and not DeMar DeRozan, but maybe that was – it just didn't work in San Antonio from him. It just didn't work, and and now look at him. He's thriving. I, You know, for honorable mention, I do want to throw Embiid in there just because of what he's doing without Ben Simmons Embiid, yeah. and, a star, and a star player. I think he would be on the fringe as well too. I also want to give love to Jokic. Uh, he just dropped a 40-burger, and he's got 10, point, 10 rebounds and 9 assists. It is 116 to 116 with like – like 345 to go in OT. Lakers are still up two with eight and a half to go. So if I were to give two more fringe players, it would be that. And then probably DeMar DeRozan. And then if, I, if I'm being honest, probably Booker. But I think at by the end of the season, Booker's going to be up there. I think Book's about to go on a run, bro. I think, I think Booker's so about, I think he's about to go on like this 38 a night for the next 10 game type of run and just this really five game just stretch is wild. So like, I think he's about to do that. Ah, Pacers just took the lead 88 to 87, 815 left. I'll keep everybody updated on that, but I really think book's going to go on a run. And so it's not how you start. It's how you finish. If book can finish the year at 25 to 26 per game, we make the one seed and he has this run of 30, 40 points a game. You're going to have to seriously take take a look at that, especially if Golden State falls a little bit, especially if the Grizzlies fall. I mean, last year we were talking about Donovan Mitchell at some point, but then they fell off a little bit, but then they eventually got the first seed. Donovan Mitchell ain't that guy. Not that what everybody thinks he is. He's not that guy. He's not the MVP of the league. I don't think he's even a top 10 right now. So a lot of things to, to look at. But again, I don't want to get it stuck to what we were talking about with the Cardinals either dude like mm-hmm. best team ever best this best that and there were still two months to go in the season yeah I don't want to do that right now I, I want to just I want to worry about the Mavericks tomorrow night and how are we going to stop Luca 
I want Mikhail to put Luca in jail. I want to control the boards. I want a good game from Chris Paul and uh, Devin Booker. And I want to see Shamit do something and, and campaign, keep it going and keep that rhythm. And can we get Cam John- Johnson back into the fold? What's what's Bismack Biombo going to look like? Are we going to play sticks? You know, there's enough to worry about on a game by game basis than to worry about what's going on at the end of the season. Are we the best team ever? That kind of thing. Those conversations can be had at a later time. So I want to get into some Cardinals talk. I want to be, you know, just go another five or 10 minutes. Uh, Maybe Sunday we'll get to what we were talking about. I think on Sunday I'd like to go through the list of Cardinals free agents and possible signings and pickups or whatnot. Who do we want to bring back? Are there any moves we want to cut? Let's put that on hold until Sunday, but I just want to make two very, very important points here. Obviously, this time, JJ, we're not firing Cliff Kingsbury or Steve Kahn. That would have happened. We're almost exactly 48 hours from when that game ended, and it still hasn't happened. So they're here to stay. Let's move on and move on with what we need to do and put all that to rest. Two things. This is Kyler Murray's most important offseason of his career. That cannot be understated. This year, I want to see videos of him working out by himself. I want him to be active on social media and put this stuff out. I want a different Kyler Murray next year. I want all those things. I want so I want a little bit of meat on the bones when I'm talking about he does have this fire. He does want to win. I want to see some of it because everything that we've seen in the big games is him floundering like a fish. I want to see him put in work this offseason. I think it's important. And I understand he has had two not normal off seasons. I totally get that. But at the same time, nobody else has. So we can't use that excuse. So it's Kyler Murray's most important offseason, first and foremost. Number two, I really think, and this may not seem as important to you, so I want your com- comment on this. The Arizona Cardinals need new jerseys and yes. a new identity. There's something to a rebranding. When ASU did it and they had that first blackout game, dude, it was fired. I'm not just talking about, a, a, a white jersey and a red jersey. Nah, dog. I want a white jersey. I want a red jersey. I want a black jersey. I want a light gray jersey. And you know what? I'm not done. I want a dark gray jersey. I want to be the Oregon Ducks of the NFL. I want to have five jerseys that we can mix and match at any point. I don't mind the logo, to be honest with you. I think the logo is okay. The logo is good. The logo is is fine. If you want to make a little tweak to it here or there, I think honestly, that's just fine. I want a dope secondary logo, like, like an, like AZ with a bird flying through it or just, just something, something cool. But I really want multiple Jersey combinations to go out there and look fresh every game day. Cause I think there's something to that. The fans matter, look good, feel good, play good. You know, especially when you come to the team and look at the Seahawks. They have those gray ones, the dark blue ones, the green ones, the white ones. You know, I want something like that. I want it to come in, look new, look fresh, give an update to it, and let us turn the page a little bit. I think uniforms would go a long way. And you know what? They'd make a shitload of money. I'd go out and buy a hot jersey right now. I'd buy a D-hop jersey. I I don't want to buy another jersey of this jersey. I'm tired of this jersey. 
those are those are my two important points right now. We can get into personnel later. We can get into Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime. We'll judge Steve Kime left and right with every single move he makes. We can't judge Cliff Kingsbury too much right now with what he's going to do. It's all going to happen next September. But it's all about Kyler, man. I don't know. Give me your takes, JJ. Uh, yeah, uh, everything you just said, you know, like you're 100% correct. Uh, yeah, like if uh, Cliff and Kime uh, were going to get fired, it would have happened already. I necessarily wasn't on the fire uh, Steve Kime uh, train like everybody else was. Uh, Rejected! <laughs> I, I think uh, what he I got did, love for uh, you. I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think what he's done in the last like a year, year and a half with uh, everyone that he's brought in, I think he did a relatively good job. Yeah, like, he could have done that in the last you know ten years and stuff. And for him to do it now seems kind of weird. But like I'm like, where where did this capability come from? Because we haven't seen that. But I, I think what he did, and I think he really covered a lot of you know. Um, a bread, uh, bread, a bad bet, uh, breadcrumbs that you left behind with the last couple of seasons and stuff. I forgot uh, about uh, this. Thank you, Westville. I forgot about that. Yeah, now you can change the helmets and stuff. But um, yeah, like when it comes to just coaching and stuff, like uh, yeah, with Vance Joseph, he may take a head coach, uh, head, head coaching job in Miami. I can see it, honestly. But I mean, like you're going to you know a team that doesn't have like a promising future. Uh, this team's probably going to move off of Tua, probably go back into the draft, probably not going to get Des uh, Deshaun Watson because we haven't heard a lick of this mm -hmm. case. So it's like, like I think Vance knows uh, everything that's going on in Miami. And I think he, I, like I, I thought he did a pretty good job this year at being a defensive coordinator. Injuries killed uh, whatever uh, he tried uh, going with, but the, this is what the offseason, uh, what we're going to have to do. I, I just hope the Cardinals organization brings in somebody for Kyler, a, a, a voice, yes! uh, a voice in his ear over his shoulder, giving him the pointers that he needs, bring in someone that, you know, shattered, uh, shadowed uh, Peyton Manning or, you know, like Brady was quite okay. I, I want to get into like people bashing Kyler's character and him acting not like a leader. Like, dude, like he, he's a kid. He, he's barely older than me. No, okay? no, 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 no. He's a number one pick. No, 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 no. You you can't you can't bail that well, out. Well, you you gotta let me get into it first. Okay. One, he's young. Okay, yeah, he's been good forever and he's like never lost ever. So like and like he's gone through growing growing pains like every uh, like everybody else. Okay. No one talks about how Josh Allen threw a bitch fit uh, in his first playoff game. And like he like uh like he was nervous, he was like bad. He checked a bunch of bunch of stuff. Lamar Jackson, people were calling him a bus after his first year. Like or uh, his first year in the playoffs, really. Like uh, you can go down a list of all these new QBs that are good now, and like it's growing pains. Very and, fair, yeah. So Kyler needs to go go uh, needs to go through his growing pains. He went through that with the Rams because we got our asses handed to us, and we weren't ready. Like uh, injuries played a part in our season. I think it killed our mojo. It killed our drive. And then you know Cliff, he's a pain. Like so, I just hope uh, this Cardinals organization brings in somebody to really help Kyler develop his game. And like Sean McVay, he brought in a uh, offensive coordinator. And what do you know? Like Matt Staff, like for the most part uh, this year, he like he played great. Yeah, he had like a bad month of you know throwing picks and pick sixes and all that. But like like we're here at home, and Matt Staff is playing against the Bucks this Sunday. Yeah. So you. 
like um like you like uh like you talked about earlier uh i think it was in um in the pre-chat uh, before we went live you know like you can be one or the other either head coach or offensive coordinator it's hard it's really hard to be both only a couple of handful of guys have done that in the nfl's history even belichick he like he had to get offensive coordinators at some points i would take uh, oh yeah josh allen over mac jones anytime but uh but uh, yeah, like Kyler go through his growing pains, and I, I'm 100% with you. He needs to have a incredible offseason. He needs to work on his game. He he just needs to work on his precision, and and I want him to use his legs. I know he wanted to be pass first, and we saw at the beginning of the season. I'm like, man, this dude is lethal, no matter how you look at it. But after he got hurt, it, like it was a mess. He's going to New York and higher for that's, that's an interesting thought, John. I actually kind of think you're right. Yeah, I like that, John. We'll touch on that later, but uh, yeah, the new uniforms, dude. I'm so sick of seeing these red ones. Those, I don't those, like our... the red ones. I don't mind those white on white are ghastly as fuck. Yeah, the white on white with the you know the red uh you know Ugh. nameplate or whatever. Like I'm just over our whole uniform concept. It's super basic. Like the Jets have had a rebrand. The Giants have had a rebrand. Like like the Redskins kind of forcefully had a rebrand. That like the Eagles have changed color palettes, the Rams have changed. Like just, it seems like just about everybody's changed except us. You know, like we we need a new flavor to this team. And now and we're in a seasons in these. Yes, two thousand six was the first year in the new ones. Yeah, so like I'm not a big fan of our color rush ones. I think they're too basic, uh, too simplistic. So like we definitely need a rebrand and. Not change the logo. A secondary logo would be Dude, nice. I've but. I've seen so many new ones where they had the. I don't know if you remember the old ones, like when Jake Plummer and stuff played. They had the Arizona State flag on the we side. Have such a unique flag. Like, what's implemented in, into our? So many yes. good designs out there. If you see any of the mock ones. Yeah, we should start saving those tweets, dude, and we can um, send it to me, and I'll, I'll push it through the stream, and we can kind of look at some in, in future podcasts when we're bored in the off season. For sure. Like I, I have one saved on my phone and it had a desert sand concept Jersey. And I'm like, I love that. Um, that would, that, yeah. that would be sick. Ooh. Yeah. All white Jersey with red like, font. And then like what, flag like what the, the diamondbacks did with that kind of tan color. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that. Yeah. It, and mm. that can be a tribute to the whole uh, Pat Tillman thing, you know, like the Cardinal uh, or the Arizona state sun devils had one, which in my opinion is the best sun devil uniform they wore it against yeah. colorado Eno benjamin's freshman year yeah best best sun devil football jersey ever was that sand i love what the diamond you're on to something dude yeah yeah the desert sand would be hot yes. it, it, and then now we can you know change you know the helmets and stuff maybe a black helmet you know and we don't have to do the white helmet every foot uh every freaking game so uh, like, yeah, white jersey, like an all white jersey. I think we definitely need. Uh, like, like, let's let's play around. Let's 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 sample some stuff. Ravens have gone through like nine color palettes and uh, uniforms since like they the can Black change Oak their games, uniform yeah. combo every game, just like Why the can't Rams we? can. Just yeah. Like, I mean, and then I you, yeah. you know, I, I like I like the desert sand idea. Maybe take away my light gray, so you have white, red, black, dark gray. And then you have like a desert sand and then you have those colors in every type of pant as well, too. Yeah. And then you can, I mean, the sand, you would probably keep the same and go with like a white helmet or something probably, but or black. Dude, that, that, that would be sick. I am yeah. all up for that. And then 
to piggyback on your point, I, I heard it up from Johnny Venerable on PHNX. I had been thinking it this whole time, but like there's no real quarterbacks coach that's in Kyler's ear. There's no offensive coordinator that's in Kyler's ear. All the information and everything is like just straight from Cliff, dude. It's Cliff, Cliff, yeah. Cliff, 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 Cliff. That's the only person that's talking to him over and over. And he did great with a lot of quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong. He did great, but we need somebody to challenge Cliff Kingsbury. We just do, especially when it comes to play calling. Is that an offensive coordinator? Is it a QB coach? Is it just somebody up in the booth to challenge him or something? I don't know. Steve Kime isn't holding him accountable, I don't think. We're not a fly in that room. We don't know those conversations, but it just feels like from year to year, things aren't changing, right? He's still stubborn. He still blows it at the end. I just think he needs somebody else there to help him through the tough times. A, a, a non-biased opinion be like, no, let's run this play instead of this play. They're doing ABC out there. Like we need somebody to push a different narrative for Cliff. And then also, as you said, to give K1 some sort of different advice, man, just just something different. So uh, di on Tuesdays, he he talks with him in the QB room. I don't know what it is and goes over film. He needs a different view. Maybe he doesn't already, but it just seems like what is working isn't. And now we're going into another off last season. We were going into this offseason questioning Cliff Kingsbury, just like we are right now. Yeah. We're in the same exact place, except now we've lost on a bigger level. Hmm. And we're in going an embarrassing this, way too. in an embarrassing way. And we're going through this real quick with a minute 30 left. The Pacers are up 11 on the Lakers. Dude, <laughs> I just I'll, looked I'll, over. What about that Nuggets game? Dang, Nuggets one by two beat the Clips. Jokic with 49, 14 and 10 assists. That's a stat line. Jeez. Shout out to Jokic him. took over in the end. He said, nope, I got this. And uh, DeMontis Sabonis with 20 points, 11 and 10, and LeBron with 26 and 11. That streak of getting 30 plus is about over LeBron. It's going to fade here in February and March, and he's going to be averaging 22. Um, yeah, man, this is Kyler Murray's most important offseason. I hope it gets treated as such. This is... It's hard to say that this is Kime and Cliff Kingsbury's biggest offseason. It's probably their most important offseason. So yeah. we just did it. They need to do it again. Vance Joseph, I'm fine if he returns. I'm fine if he goes away. I also think a different I think a different part. voice could be a good thing. You three years, same defensive coordinator. Not one year has there ever been like real eye popping stats, right? where you're just like, holy crap, we were the second number two in rushing, uh, rushing defense, which by the way, this year we were 20th. Um, yeah. So it's it's hard to say that I want him back. I think a, a new voice could help, but I understand wanting to stay with the same terminology, this, uh, having consistency factor. I get it. Arizona Cardinals, man. Um, at one point, we said this was the best Arizona Cardinals team in Arizona sports history. We said that one time. Let that sink in. That's the importance of this offseason. Suns and Mavericks tonight. JJ, are you picking the Suns to win real quick? Yes. Let's Life's go. 15. Let's go. We'll be back with you Sunday night, guys. Thank you. See you guys. And it is.